Welcome back to Thursdays with the Wild Man. This is Jennifer Hobbs. Thanks for being here. What up, Perry? How's it going this wonderful Thursday? Not too bad. Not too bad. We're going to be headed to Ryan's appointment today. So hopefully that goes smoothly and, you know, we get the ball rolling on things. Um, we could do is with some more sunshine. Or... It is champagne, yes. Okay. Gotcha. But I'm looking forward to that sunshine coming back. These rainy, dreary days are lame You know, everybody's talking about ending the uh, time change and seasonal depression, and then it so nicely rains for, like, all of my days off. Thank you. <laughs> well, if you're here today and you're listening, I just want to take a moment to say thank you for for being here. Thanks for listening. Uh, you know, Perry and I, although we like to chat and we like to talk, this isn't about us. This is to get conversations out there in the world that need to be had. And so who better to do it than Perry and I? So thanks again for listening. You know, please review it so it, you know, gets out there in the masses quicker. But let's go ahead and get started. Last week we started talking you know I was nerding out on the book that I've been reading well I finished it up but I'm learning more about the brain and how that truly is affected by PTSD and how research has proved to that we have it leaves your amygdala overstimulated and the and then your hippocampus is underactive so basically that's a whole lot of have jabber there but your amygdala is your emotional part of the brain and so it's overactive and so you're overly emotional right with anything whether it's a good a good reaction or a bad one and then your hippocampus is where you're supposed to after that fight flight or freeze you're supposed to be able to file that away in an appropriate place and since people with PTSD have an underactive one that amygdala stays overactive way too much so what the heck does that mean Jennifer basically you never know what you're going to get to a response you don't know if you're going to get Santa or Stalin oh that's so true yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you. and you you know you say over uh you were using uh emotional over emotional Hey, we're passionate people, and uh, the passion is even more real after our return, I would say. Right. I agree, which is a good thing, but it can also be, you know, not a good thing, because in this case, like, other people around us are truly affected by our overstimulated amygdala and underactive hippocampus, which results in them feeling the brunt of, you know, it's, it's secondary trauma. Like when they don't know who's going to come home today, like, is it going to be Santa or is it going to be Stalin or, you know, something totally typical that might happen, you know, like, Oh, the girls get makeup all over the carpet. You don't know if mom is going to just not be able to get that under control appropriately and respond with overstimulated amygdala. I just can't stop saying that. <laughs> with overstimulated amygdala. I'm sure uh, Raina knows what that is, unfortunately, as does Ava and Krista. 
Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I might have had a little instance of this recently on family vacation. Tell us about it. Quite possibly. Give people an example of what this might look like. You know, when the thing is, is like, we never when it's we never know when it's going to come. We never know when it's going to go. And we don't know all those other stressors, but I'm sure you're familiar um, with certain days of the year that are harder than the other. Mm-hmm. And on family vacation, it happens to be when Sergeant Phipps um, passed. And that's March 17th of every year, the first day we're in Iraq, which also brings a lot of emotion. So mm-hmm. there's just so much going on. And, and, and truthfully, I don't need a calendar or to know what day of March it is or anything like that. But everything's a little more heightened. I'm a little more passionate about something that might not be something that I should be overly stimulated about. But uh, we're in the airport. We're actually traveling on the day of March 17th this year. And sometimes my teenager doesn't like to listen and it's what? like it, yeah i know <laughs> that's so wild teenagers that don't want to listen well and and you know on a day like that there's a lot of things that you can't control and i get unfortunately a a, a very strong urge to um drink as fast as i possibly can sometimes um, and usually when I, I actually know the feeling, it's like, it's like, I always call them ragers. Oh gosh, I got that rager feeling. And, uh, there's a lot of rage. So like, if I'm trying to control the rage of that, I'm not necessarily controlling the rage of, um, how I'm speaking to everyone. And in this instance, like, it's also heightened because you think like, I mean, so much can just pile in, you know, we talked about some of my basic training stories and and you know 21 years later it is still like right there and so basic training you're learning how to be a team with your other soldiers and battle buddies and you're learning how to not die at war and um not listening to not following orders or directions is how you don't you know in theory on basic training it's how you don't make it home right so you can only see how that's all heightened on a day that we lost someone while we were in Iraq and you're doing a family thing as travel, which everybody I know puts that at the top top of their list of favorite things to do on family vacation is actually travel there. Um, it's generally terrible, you know, whether it's the car ride or the plane ride or it's just there's a lot going on anyway. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you're not listening. And it like escalated fast and. I might have been taking teenagers' car away a little too quick. Mm-hmm. And you're at the airport. The oh, place. gosh. Like, my heart is, like, getting up just <laughs> hearing about it. Like, in public, I got the I got the Stalin hand. I got the straight hand out of basic <laughs> training. And it's like, and I'm trying to be quiet and, like, under my breath. And I'm like, oh, geez, it's here. So the volume was down, but we know the tone was there. And my volume control is not the best either. <laughs> Understatement of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always so, so reserved. 
and <laughs> hilarious. Oh, well, that is a perfect example. And actually, so I was, let me come back to that because I'm going to have a brain fart. Um, it was something I was reading about last night and, oh, oh, so when these ragers happen, as you say, which kind of dig in the word you're throwing on that, you know, not only are, you know, worth reacting in a way that's not, it's not normal, I guess, but it is normal, whatever. It's not appropriate for the response. The response is not appropriate for the, the stimulate stimulation. And so as a result, what happens to your body, right? What happens to your body, Perry, when you get in a rager? Oh, I mean, you automatically have like an adrenaline rush. Yep. Heart um, rate up, you know, blood pressure like, up. Yep. Hearts, hearts racing. You're trying to calm yourself down. You're using your breathing techniques. Thanks, Joanne. If nobody's ever done yoga, like one of the main bases is like breathing. And I've learned yes. a lot of Breath this with like my chiropractor and my shiatsu massages. And like just being able to harness your breath properly, you can get like a whole lot more out of a stretch. You can get a whole lot more out of uh, maybe trying to control a rager and you know it's one of those things like uh in my evaluation in champagne the other day you know the big question is uh so mr perry how, how are you able to be a 911 dispatcher because these are all some of the same emotions that would happen your your cortisol builds up um, for dispatchers um, you don't expend that cortisol because you're sitting in an office chair and you take the next non-emergency call that, you know, that's a little old lady that's looking for a phone number um, within, you know, Macon County. That's just a super simple call and you're just super nice in customer service. And it's like nothing happened. Um, but what I had to explain to her is, well, it's easy. I walk on to work and I'm on camera and everything I do is recorded whether it's visually or on the phone line or on the radio. So it's a very, you know, proper thing. There's a certain code with it all. And, you know, every 911 dispatcher's worst nightmares ended up on the local news or the national news, hopefully never happens. Um, but you take every call and you don't, you never know what you're going to get, but you always have to have that in the back of your mind that, you know, it's, it's there. So it's a lot easier to think, man, I need my job. I like having nice things. And um, I mean, I don't necessarily really love going to work. I'd rather be fishing like last week, but I have to work um, to eventually hopefully be fishing you know, full-time like Nick Rose at 55. Oh, wait, he's not that old. <laughs> don't, don't. Oh. don't, don't. <laughs> so just like in those atmospheres, like your work, you know, and um, probably other ones that we could think of in different environments, uh, we're able to almost just be more conscious, almost like a turn it on, turn it off. And that's it's just something that we've been trained to be able to do and 
So here's where I want to go with this. So clearly we know that our reactions to things, you know, are not good for us. Nothing good comes from anger. When you get that heart rate up, you know, that's affecting your blood pressure, not healthy for you. You start pounding alcohol or cigarettes or spending money. None of that is good for you or your health. And then it's not good for your family that that's, you know, like the kids and the spouses, that secondary trauma and just having to walk on eggshells. So just like we have a little bit more like almost control over it because we're more conscious of it in those different environments, we have to start, you know, in this process of growth, like starting to become more conscious and aware of our reactions and do something about it, you know, to, to not have this effect on our physical bodies, mental awareness, but also on our families. So I would like to know what advice would you, if you could talk to yourself in that, in those ragers, or if something could come to mind, what advice would you give to yourself or other people in those ragers if you had control over to do so? What advice would you give yourself? Well, and I, I think you know this, but like, um, I go talk to Dr. Levine at the VA Mattoon Clinic um, once a month, and that helps me reset and stay kind of fresh to the, hey, you don't need to be have a rager, basically. <laughs> and so just like, you know, uh, have PTSD at the same notion, like I am, there's several coping mechanisms that I can use um, to help work through that, you know, I'm currently working on my weight so I'm not only dealing with the everyday uh, trying not to get too passionate about uh, making a sandwich or something silly like that um, at the same token um, I'm going to start exercising I think that will help some but you know learning to do like breathe um, whatever something is coming up and and kind of like you know we talked about those days that affect us all, whether our body, whether we know what calendar day it is or not, internally, our bodies are never going to forget those days. Hopefully they will, but the brain says it's not. It's stored and how we get rid of that, hopefully someone finds out someday, but I, I don't see that um, in the near future. Yeah. Um, but knowing that same feeling internally, that happens, trying to kind of uh, feel the be preemptive about the rager coming on, you know, and uh, being like, am I, am I getting a little too heightened right now? And uh, I think uh, Ryan and I talked about this a little bit too. Um, our kids that are older, our teenagers, um, also see this in a, mm -hmm. and can kind of poke you um, and kind of, you know, poke, poke Santa and, and try to get <laughs> Santa to become someone else. And so knowing that poking is important, you know, like, and it's weird because they can't control it and they might poke every once in a while. But I know Chris, uh, I, I went and saw Dr. Levine and, um, you know, like the next morning, I just kind of, you know, I try to be, I try to communicate as much as I can. Um, so she kind of knows. And I was just kind of felt like I wanted to go to the hole, wanted to go to the bedroom, didn't want to get up type thing my day off and you know i told her that and she's like you i thought that's why you went to talk to dr levine you can only imagine where that put me Ooh. um but i didn't communicate to her after that how i felt i just 
um, kind of moved on. So I didn't have a ranger. So you can catch yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but having those, just having mechanisms to, in place that like, you know, maybe you need to go for a quick walk. Maybe you need to go um, have a drink of water, maybe not beer, anything like, you know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't do a lot of shots anymore um, because I don't need help uh, causing a rager by any means. Absolutely. Um, but uh, always being aware and maybe trying to see if someone is trying to poke you or you feel it coming on. Another thing that I've done a lot with Raina because she's all the time she's around and, and one day like so we just tell we we get into this I love you I really love you I no, daddy I really really love you and like I don't know it's it's not making up for how we act when we're having a rager but I always want her to know at the end of the day that I really really love her I love her most and I think focusing on that, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm creating a bipolar child, but hopefully not. But, you know, having passion is something that's important in life, I think. That's how you can get things done and change the world. And um, there's some, there's positive passion and there's negative passion. And always keeping that light on the positive side is more important than the negative side. So whether you do something, I know um, I've had a small rager before and she obviously gets noticeably upset and it's from lack of listening, which is not shocking. She's a three-year-old. However, it still makes the reaction happen. And so like maybe we're driving to daycare and it's like Raina and she says, yes, daddy. And she gets over pretty quick, you know, it's like, I want to talk to you. She says, okay. And I said, you know how daddy got upset? She says, yeah, daddy. And I just walk through it. You know, do you know why daddy got upset? She, she can already ask or, you know, she pokes me back already at three and smiles and says, no, daddy. And I'm like, you know that you weren't listening. And she's got a big grin on her face. And she's like, no, daddy, I was listening. I was just doing what I wanted to do anyway. <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you do anything but laugh and try to be positive, but at the same token, like you want to have some of those moments where she's like, not like, Hey, my dad's crazy, but he really, really loves me. I, you know, I don't know that that fully repairs what happened, but it just being aware, I guess, and trying to work through it. And, uh, goes back to good, better, best, never, never rest. So good is better and better is best. And as long as you're going in the right direction every day, um, you'll have hiccups and you'll make a step back, but two steps forward is super important. Two steps forward. That's right. I love that you, you wrapped it up there by showing us how, you know, you would reflect with her and talk her through it i feel like that's great advice for all of us and everyone listening whether you're a combat veteran or not like the only way we're going to you know get people to let's be a team and work through all this together and and to raise respectful 
kids that are aware of these social interactions is, you know, to walk through it afterwards and talk about like how it went. So I love that you said that. I'm going to give you an assignment for us to talk about next time. So next time, folks, when we get back on here, Perry, I'm going to challenge him to tell us what advice he would then give, you know, he just told us about the advice that he would give himself. And next time we're going to talk about what advice would you give to the spouse or maybe the teenager, you know? And so we're going to talk about that next time. Uh, we need, you know, that's an assignment. And, and I think that even if we were to just talk about it off the top of our head, it's going to be a lot more helpful for our listeners if we take a week to really think about that and, and, give advice next time as to what advice you would give the spouse and the kids. So Perry, I hope you'll have a great rest of your day. Yes. Have a terrific Thursday.